pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 185 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me on this beautiful Sunday is the Shane Dawson of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about a big week in the world of uh, mixed martial arts, we're going to be looking back at UFC Moncton, which went down last night. We're going to look ahead to UFC 230. We're going to talk about this huge trade between Demetrius Johnson and Ben Askren. We're going to talk about a couple of other uh, things as well and answer your questions at the end. Graham, how are you? Yeah, good good weekend. Uh, I was out on Friday night, so I was uh, recovering yesterday, but uh, back to normal today. I'm going out again tonight, so I'll be probably in the heap again tomorrow. You're a fucking animal. That's when, you're, when you're an old man, you can't handle the drink anymore. That is a fact. That is a fact. Myself and uh, I'm actually going to uh, an unnamed place in a few weeks. Actually, there might be no podcast in four weeks. This is the first time I'm telling you as well, but yeah, you might get someone to bless me. But uh, myself and the lads, ah. myself and the lads are, are doing this. Yeah, yeah, I actually, yeah. I actually am. Yeah. <laughs> Myself Which means I could be arguing. <laughs> Myself and the lads, are, we're doing a calorie challenge. So who has to con- in like three weeks? Who consumes or burns the burns the most or consumes the less calories? So we're gonna do it over like three weeks and see who wins. My hope is to eat, consume zero calories a day, burn every calorie I eat by uh, by exercising. Do you think I can do it? Yeah, well, if you if you only eat like you've done it before, probably you can eat between like eight hundred and twelve hundred calories a day. You can burn that quite easily. Yeah. It's it's tough enough to burn that much now. Start eating two thousand, two and a half thousand is very ah, hard yeah. to burn that. Ah well, no. Who be eating that? Sure, Jesus, you be gone. You be off your head if you're eating that much. But like, it's it's gonna be tough. To, it, like it's tough to burn like fucking. Unless you're fucking doing high output shit, but it's tough to burn like a thousand calories. Like you know, if you go for like a walk for half an hour, it's only like fucking four hundred and fifty calories. So it's you know, okay, could go uh, for wouldn't an hour. Be that much. Would be less than that for uh, a walk. I suppose, but a brisk enough one. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. It depends on your like your size when you're bigger. I think you burn calories quicker. Yeah, that's true. And then it starts slowing down like as you as you lose weight. That is true. That is true. Anyway, we that's the bit of weight cutting. This is another fucking weight. Talk about weight again. Yeah. Patreon. More weight cutting. More Sean's weight on uh, Patreon. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, <laughs> all right, let's let's get straight into this uh, this UFC Moncton card here, and, and talk about it a little bit. Um, I suppose the Artem Lava fight is is. The, the one we were kind of concerned with most, obviously covering Irish MMA and everything. Although the, you know the main event was a pretty, uh, a pretty talked about fight as well. This wasn't a, you know, it was it was an okay card. Was, there was a lot of decisions and stuff on the card. You know, I think it this kind of card went the way, the way we kind of thought it might go. With it was a long night. You know, six car fights in the main card. Nothing really stood out, didn't I? Thought the the most standout thing actually on this card was Sean Strickland, who got a, a great TKO over Nardine Taleb after last week. You said Sean Strickland is boring. In fairness, I said most of his fights are like slow spars. Yeah, but this is the fact. this is a good fight against his uh, his identical twin. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Even a broken clock, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. But what about what about Artem? What did you think of the, of the Artem Lava fight? Um, yeah, well, it's it's a very difficult switch for Artem at the last minute. Like, and he, okay, he's, he's known as this guy who'll take his last minute fights, but and he's not really like you know in title contention, so there isn't that much to lose. There's, there's more to gain from the Michael Johnson mm-hmm. opponent than than anything. But but like coming in against somebody like Michael Johnson, who's fought top guys like Habib and beaten Tony Ferguson, and you know these guys are are good guys that he's fought. And Artem didn't 
Like, you know, it was all the rounds, like, okay, the third round is Johnson, but all the rounds were close. Even the third round was close. And uh, I don't think the third round was now. The first two were like, it wasn't, though, it wasn't like, it, it's not like blowout, though. You know, it's not like, you know, people make it like our times just like absolute jokes and like a lot of people do, like in this, he can't do anything. But like, he goes in there against people like Cole Swanson, who were ranked four at the time, I believe, and Johnson, who's fought top caliber guys, including Habib. Uh, Tony first and these guys who were at the very top of the division so like Artem went in there Michael Johnson's obviously coming in on short notice as well that should be mentioned but mm-hmm. Artem I think he fights at the level of or, or a similar level to the opponent he's fighting a lot of the time yeah like so, it's, the, it's, it's, it's a weird one with guys like Artem and, and it's, it's a McGregor thing it's everyone around McGregor like it was the same with Pinder I talked about last week same with Jose Aldo even a little bit of sh- same with Eddie Alvarez they become like caricatures and people are kind of you know they become like memes of people talking about them and don't actually talk about the actual person or the actual fighter themselves and it's, it's something I've kind of struggled to deal with and I found it very odd like, I, like I've got mad on this podcast multiple times about Aldo and the way people have treated, <laughs> treated him and the same with Eddie Alvarez I think like people don't understand how good of a fighter Eddie Alvarez is when, when McGregor beat him and like Carl Pinder how much of a grinder he was like he was never mm-hmm. the best fighter in the world but this man was a Cage Warriors champion like when Cage Warriors well it's still good but when Cage Warriors was coming up and when they all weren't getting signed straight away like you know Artem is, is a guy who's tiled for years and years and years fought loads of really good guys you know gone in there he's seven fights in the UFC now gone to seven decisions like okay he's he's lost five of them but like you're no mug if you go to the, you don't get finished any time in seven fight seven UFC fights. In fairness, no, I'm not saying anything like Artem's a great fighter or anything, and don't get me wrong. But this guy, like, they act like he's a he's a complete joke or something, and I like I I I find that very very odd. And it, it's not you know obviously at different levels with Artem and with with Aldo and with Pindred and with with uh, Alvarez or whoever else it is. It's do you know have you noticed that that there's like this this kind of cult of personality around Conor McGregor yeah. and. Yeah. yeah, I think I think a lot of the Artem thing is people look at his record and they they don't know they don't know that like the kind of it doesn't really matter in MMA what your record is like you can have fucking ten losses and be a champion like Randy Couture when he was champion had about fifteen losses on his record like it's okay Artem's nearly definitely not making a, any kind of title run but mm-hmm. it's like it's not like I think people put way too much weight behind losses and oh if you're not the best in the in the division then you're shit. It's like no, the guy, you need guys who are entertaining fights. Like you, need, you need guys who are going to stand and brawl, or going to take last minute fights against Michael Johnson and t- t- tell him, "I ah, don't worry about making weight there, mate. I'll give you your money back." Like you know, mm-hmm. he just wants to fight. Like um, you need, you need people like you know, Leonard Garcia was like one of Diego Sanchez. Even like you know, he got a title shot. Like didn't deserve it, but got a title shot and got got beaten badly. Mm-hmm. But you know, not everybody can can be this Conor McGregor. Like just run through everybody and just look flawless in fights like like dj or anderson or connor in certain fights it's just not going to happen like it, yeah. that's what makes it so special when somebody like anderson or connor or or any of these top level guys like dj mm-hmm. gsp that's what makes it so special like uh, people need to realize that it's even if you're it's, this is prize fighting it's not really about okay it's it's kind of it's kind of a sport but it's it's about like who do people care about Artem? Yeah. Do, do they like him? Maybe not, but they care. And we talk about this all the time. People are like, oh, I should be cutting out. I see it all the time. People are like, oh, you should be cutting out. You should be cutting out. Like, if it was a league and thing, yeah, he probably would be cut three fights ago or whatever, but it's not. It's it's about entertainment and he's valuable elsewhere. And people talk about him. Like People were talking more about this in the Ustamir main event than any, any other fights on the card. Yeah. So... I, I, it is the kind of like, oh, we don't like our time. He's only there because of Connor and all this stuff. But 
he's there now. He's he got in because of Connor, but he's there now because the UFC think he's valuable elsewhere, or else they wouldn't be giving him. They still be giving him fights. Yeah, they have a long winded answer, but <laughs> it is true. But there's, there's a lot to unpack in it as well. But like, I I think you know, getting to kind of the sporting aspect of it. I remember you, you know, when we. When one or two fights of Artens into the UFC, you talked about him, you know, upping kind of his level and stuff. When we talked to him on Patreon uh, before he's, I think it was before the Caceres fight that didn't happen, and he, you know, you asked him that question, like, and he said, yeah, like he's he basically went full time, and he, you know, he was always basically a full time fighter, but now he's been able to improve and you know go to Vegas for these camps and do different things. And you can like, okay, you can talk whatever you want about Artens, but you if you can't see his improvements, you don't know what you're talking about. Like this guy, he has improved so much. Like he went in there against Michael Johnson. As, you know, you mentioned that the people um, who Michael Johnson was fighting, and he, he fought. He definitely took one round off him. Uh, you know, there's an argument he could have took two rounds. I thought it was 20, 29, 27 probably to to um, to Johnson or twenty nine, twenty eight. Maybe the third round was. I thought the third round was was the most obvious one of the of the three. I thought it could have been a ten eight for Johnson, but maybe not. Maybe ten nine. But it, like, yeah, I don't see it yeah, but whatever. Like, but it was, you know, it was, a, it was a good fight, and I suppose you know taking Johnson on short notice is we we talk about it all the time for the guy coming in on short notice, and it's definitely tough for him, but it's also tough, you know, change up, and we usually, you know, we usually see kind of kind of a sparring match a lot of the time between two guys who come in on short notice. Now maybe it's a little bit different because. Artem is a kind of guy, and it's why I kind of respect him so much as well. You know, he's he's a guy like like a Diego Sanchez or like a Leonard Garcia who will come out and just like hands down and come up and and make it easier for you to throw your shots at him. And in for Artem on the other side of it, Michael Johnson is you know he's not a carbon copy of Conor McGregor, but he's a soap off striker like so. You know, Artem's kind of used to doing that, and John Kavanaugh kind of mentioned that uh, between rounds to him as well. And I I think that's why it kind of made for an interesting back and forth for three rounds wasn't the best fight in the world was was it the best fight in card you know it was it was up there anyway i, I thought it was a good technical fight and it's sh- like it showed how good artem like last week we were talking about it and i i honestly i thought he'd get beaten pretty easily over three rounds by michael johnson because michael johnson's a really good fighter and artem is you know michael johnson's a top 15 fighter probably in in you know those lightweight or, or uh, featherweight division or close to it anyway and yeah, i don't think Artem's for a long time i, I think yeah I don't think Artem's anywhere close to that. And the fact that, you know, that he went in there and did so well against him for, for the first two rounds, I you know, I thought it was testament to to the improvements that he's made. And you know, when you're looking at Artem now, you have you, you know, you have to look at him from the standpoint of where he is. You're not looking at him from the standpoint of fucking Frank Edgar or Conor McGregor or whatever. You're looking at him from, you know, his point of view. And I think he's improved an awful lot. <laughs> it's strange because yeah. you think if somebody else was the exact same personality, exact same like fight anybody anytime anywhere. Don't worry about weight, uh, all that stuff, and the, the fighting style that Artem has. You think that the fans would love this style? Historically, they have loved this style. Mm-hmm. Not that he has this, the same style as anybody, but that kind of willingness to just trade and just wanting to stand out. And fans usually love that. And a lot of people do love Artem, but I think it's it's just the McGregor SVG thing that people are people who don't like him are just like looking to not like him and looking to ridicule him. But if he was if it, if he was unrelated, if he was, if he was the exact same guy but unrelated. The SVG and not Connor's friend and training partner. I think he'd have a lot more, a lot less ridicule and a lot more fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe like a Lenny, like you know, Lenny Garcia was was like people loved him. Yeah, people were like Lenny Garcia, this is great. Or and then I don't see like okay, Lenny Garcia's maybe maybe it's moved on since then. Maybe people are want more 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 of a technical fight. But our time does offer more more of a technical fight than that. I think anyway. I want to just bring a broader point here before we get to the rest of the fights. Like, do people? People hate fighting these days for me. 
know, it's so weird that the, over the last while, people seem to not care about fighting anymore. Like, I put up a tweet when Frankie, Frankie got injured, he's out of his fight with the Korean zombie, but it's it's not a major thing. He said he's going to be back in around January, so like eight weeks, probably like, I, I don't know what it was, you know, something like a, a, probably a torn hamstring or something like that. Not, you know, not major. Um, and I, I put up, uh, Frank Edgar versus Conor McGregor, maybe it makes sense now, you know, Frank Edgar, former 155 pound champion, he's been chasing Conor McGregor for years, you know, McGregor coming off of a loss, that fight, you know, it isn't beyond the realms of possibility, and, like, doesn't sell though, but, but whatever, like, but almost everyone said, no, 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 oh, why would we want to watch that, why would we want to see that, I was like, why wouldn't you want to see that, like, I've really, like, people were calling for this for so long, yeah. for years and years, oh, he's avoiding Frank Edgar, why wouldn't he fight Frank Edgar? But uh, I just don't think the Frank Edgar fight makes sense now. I think. Why doesn't it? Though? Uh, I think it makes perfect sense. I think because it doesn't. It's not going to do the money. Frank Edgar is not going to have a back and forth. It doesn't. As you say, when you mention that fight, people are like, ah, I want it. Yeah, but I don't know. When does that change? Like, you know that 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 fight has been something people have wanted for years, and now they just suddenly it's it's a fight that's useless now that nobody wants anymore. When McGregor, you know, McGregor just got beaten by a wrestler, and people are talking all the time about Frank Edgar beating him because he's a wrestler. Like, isn't that not the perfect bounce back from McGregor to see if he can beat a wrestler, and then you know maybe it'll give him a little bit of heart if there was a rematch coming up or something. You know, if he doesn't get the rematch right away, like I I don't know. It's there, but there seems to be feeling like all fights that, that are kind of suggested or something, people seem to, like, find a reason to hate him. And there's a lot of fights to find reasons to hate. But, like, I don't know. This week, it seems to have been very weird. Like, I think, I think you kind of suggest, like, the Wonder Boy Askren thing as well. Like, and we'll get to that later on. But I think that fight makes loads of sense. And people say, oh, Wonder Boy's boring. Why would we make that? I was like, Wonder Boy's boring. And he's fighting Ben Askren. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I don't know. It's just... I don't know. I find it. I find it very odd. But anyway, we we so get back to complain about everything in general, not just MMA. Like. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, what about Artem? Though, do you think he'll get another fight in the UFC? He's he's uh, what is like, it? Five and two now, or two and five? Sorry, two and five. Yeah, I think I think the UFC will keep him around if if he wants to. And there was something going around. I don't know if it was an article or an interview, but I saw some headline that, and he he asked for this this one more fight. Uh, or that Artem was going to leave the UFC, but then he got this one more fight. But I don't know. If what his contract situation is, if that's it, if that's it up or if that's not, but I, I don't, I don't see. Uh, I think mentioned it before. I don't see UFC letting him go because he's not on that much money. He's on that Ultimate Fighter contract. Maybe Artem will turn him down, but I think that I think they'll offer him a contract because the value for money is there. He's yeah. he's been in main events, co main events. You know, he, people know who he is. People care either way if they hate him or love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he talked to Ariel during the week, and yeah, it was kind of the same thing he mentioned to us when he was on Patreon a while back. Like that, he has options outside of the UFC. You know, he's big money contracts in Russia. He said to Ariel as well the bare knuckle boxing. He had a big money contract with them. He basically took the f- one fight in the UFC. He wanted to be left out of his contract, but he he took the fight because it was Zaberia. Uh, to, what's his name? Tukov. Your man anyway that did sucker punch McGregor on the back of the head, um, and then obviously he was pulled out of the fight, so he just said he'd take it anyway because it was on short notice. And after this, now I suppose it's, you know, it's a big time. It's it's an interesting one for the UFC because I think, you know, keeping him because he's people know him and and like him or hate him will only last so long. I think, um, and maybe this is the point. It lasts. Well, that's where that's that's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, he's like KSW, Bellator. They all love him. Like they want. The chances of Connor turning up, like look at Bellator signing all these guys from SBG Ireland. Like, mm-hmm. I think part of that reason is they're hoping Connor's going to turn up to the shows. 
Yeah, it could be as well. Yeah, and if if Artem's on it, he pro- he probably will as well. Although he didn't turn up last night, but yeah, it's it, like it's an interesting time and and uh, interested to see what happens over, over the next while. Um, what about the main event here? Um, Falcon Odzimir versus Anthony Smith. You know, really good win for yeah. for Anthony Smith beating uh, Odzimir with a rear naked choke uh, in the third round. This this I I tweeted afterwards. It, Usain Bolt can't run a marathon, can he? And that's a bit like Odzimir. He's he is really a one and two yeah. round fighter, isn't he? Yeah, he looked good at the start, but yeah. It, it's kind of the, you, you kind of didn't know if it was just a Daniel Cormier the pressure he was putting on that made him made him kind of wilt in that fight, but it, it doesn't seem like it was. It just seems like if he doesn't get out of there early, it's kind of goes all pear shaped for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's a little bit like McGregor as well, you know. And I, really, really good early and struggles late, and you know McGregor was able to change it up against Diaz uh, and and do very well in the second fight. And I think that's you know I, I was talking to I think it was Patrick Wyman I was talking to about it before the Diaz fight, and he says if he can change these things up. And, and you know beat him over five rounds this is uh, proves he's a great fighter and I think that goes for like a lot of different people you know how they change things up either before fights or after fights or in the middle of fights you know and see if they can move things up we talk about it so much and it's a thing when you're doing analysis of fights coming into five round fights to seeing how you to see how you change your game up to fight five rounds after fighting three rounds you know I talked about it as well uh, and we can talk about it later maybe about um Nazrat Hakparast he's a guy who if he you know he looks like a really good talent and he throws lots of output, lots of big strikes. If he gets to five round fights, he's not going to be able to keep fighting like that, uh, you know. Because if he doesn't knock a guy out in the first two rounds, he's going to be fucked afterwards. Same, you know, goes for McGregor a little bit when he fights like that. Although it was different against uh, Habib, and the same goes for um, the same goes for Volkan Odzimir here. I think he, you know, he threw everything. And I what did a rewatch of the Daniel Cormier fight, and he was really, really good in the first round of that fight against Daniel Cormier, and he just got taken down, and he was a little bit tired, and then he got finished. And it, you know, it was the same here. You could just see it at, at a point in the end of the uh, the end of the second, and coming into the third that. Oh, Smith was just going to take over. You could see he was taking the damage better. He was more durable. And Volkan yeah, had kind of yeah. damage, to be honest, actually. Yeah, Volkan had kind of thrown all these bigger shots, and and Smith just took it and didn't come back. He came back, and that was basically the end of it. Once he he had taken everything and came back, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought we kind of talked about it before. Uh, Smith's ch- uh, uh, chin not being great, mm-hmm. but it seemed it, like uh, Uzumir is a very hard hitter. He's proven that a lot of times, and. It, it was just you know he toughed it out. He, it was it, it wasn't going well, but he he kept in the fight. He kept throwing, and when he when he got the when he got the the back, he's obviously very good in the ground. He's improved a lot. Like he's a few years ago, you you would have thought there's no chance of him even being in this spot, uh, winning the main event over over a contender. And Ozemir is a contender. Like you know, mm-hmm. there's not many kind of up and coming guys in the division. He was one of them, and he was not Daniel Cormier's. And like no, there's no shame in that at all. Like obviously he's a he's a two way champion now, so. Uh, it's, it's by far the biggest win of, of, his, of his career now as well. Like so, uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do with him now. I don't the main events like I, I don't see I don't see anybody I, I I don't see him doing any kind of numbers on on pay per view or anybody. He could he could main event these these non pay per view cards mm-hmm. or be on, be on be on like I don't I don't see any momentum behind him. I don't see anybody talking about him really, but. If if you keep getting wins like this, soon, soon enough you'll you'll be in title contention because as I said, there isn't there isn't that much up and coming talent in the division. Yeah, it feels like him versus Jan Blakovic is the fight to make next, and that could easily headline you know a card in Poland or mm. Germany or somewhere like that. Yeah, uh, you you don't think so? Yeah, like it could, but it's like you know, I don't think anybody's getting excited about that. But yeah, they don't really care about it. They know that the tickets are going to sell for these EMEA cards, these mm. European and Asian cards. So. Uh, 
I think, yeah, I think he he probably will be on a, like a a fight pass card or a, a EMEA show yeah, as they, a main event or a co-main event. Light heavyweight is such is such an odd division, like because it's you know it's, yeah. it's like uh, you know those countries. I think like Brazil is one where the one percent are so rich, and then everyone else after that is like really poor. You know, it's it's like that. In you have Daniel Cormier, Gustafsson, and John Jones, and then after that. You know, you've Anthony Smith and Blackovich are the next two coming after that. Like that's insane, kind of, isn't it? That drop off. There's there's no yeah. other division like that. And you know, talk people talk about flyweight. Flyweight's not even like that. You know, you have Joseph Benavides and you have um yeah. uh, fucking Pettis and you have Sahuda and you have Demetrius Johnson and you know just, just yeah. there's a few good guys. I started the top three. It's Jan Blakovic, Ilir Latifi, Jimmy Manoa, Dominic Reyes, Corey Anderson, Glover Tazera, OSB, and then Anthony Smith. Like, that's really, like, that light heavyweight division used to be one of the, historically, it was one of the most stacked and best divisions. And mm-hmm. you look at, like, Blakovic three, Latifi four, Manoa five, Dominic Reyes six. Like, no disrespect to those guys, but if you compare them to the, the Tito Ortiz, like, uh, Chuck Adele, Machida, Rashad Evans, all them guys who were in that division, Shogun, you know, it's it's. It's a massive drop off. Even even if you look down a bit, like there's nobody really coming up. Like okay, Tyson Pedro or something like that, maybe. But you know, Shogun's still twelve, and mm-hmm. Nikita Krylov's thirteen. Patrick Cummins fourteen. It's it's really threadbare that that division. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, but we must do a state of the UFC actually for the for the Patreon probably this week or next week anyway. So we we'll talk about it more there. But absolutely state of the UFC. Yeah, absolutely state of the UFC. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other lightweight light heavyweight fight even on this card and there was two more on the main card. Uh, Misha Stroganov versus Pat Cummins. Very good display again by Misha Stroganov coming back here off a couple of losses. Uh, arm triangling Pat Cummins. Din John Vellante had a win over Ed Herman by split decision. I thought Herman won that fight. Did did you see that one? No, I actually didn't see it. It was, <laughs> it was, it was the the typical. If you're to imagine a John Vellante Ed Herman fight, that was the fight. You know, it was just the back and forth kind of slapper knocker. Ed Herman, I Ed Herman's not my favorite fighter because he just jabbed John Vellante all night, all the time. I thought he won the fight because of it, but it's this. I think it's probably this stupid significant strike rule. You know where oh, it's it denies me, but he did more damage. He had dominance for longer. I thought I thought he won. It was you know it was a close fight, but I I thought Herman won it just because of of the. Jab. Um, Court McGee. Court McGee is is he's a dogged motherfucker. I, I like Court McGee is not the most exciting guy in the world to watch, but he's like yeah. Court, Court McGee is like a team he, sheen he type of guy. People fight at their level. He just yeah. at his level. I don't know. He's he's just so scrappy and awkward to fight against. Every like even guys you think are he's gonna be a lot better than Court McGee. They just end up end up fighting Court McGee's fight. Yeah. Like, Alex Garcia should have won this fight. He's like, Court McGee had no business winning this fight, but he just gritted it out, got on top when he needed to, took the shot. Just a, a tough motherfucker. I, I, I have so much respect for guys like Court McGee, like, who just come in there, and he's a winner, like, he is, and there's there's absolutely no fucking lose in Court McGee, like, there's no give up in him whatsoever, and, you know, that you know I, I talked about Anthony Smith being durable and, and, and uh, you know, being a finisher is, is, is very, very good in MMA, but being someone like Court McGee, who just will never never be beat and will uh, you know you're never going to be beat court mcgee on heart i don't care who you are nobody's beating him on heart and you know that's uh, that's invaluable as well and you know so much respect for for guys like that uh andre sukumtat versus jonathan martinez as well was a really really good back and forth fight i thought it should have been stopped martinez got hurt uh badly at one stage uh, na- uh calvin cater against fish chris fish as well but just before we get to that um nazrat hakparas this guy is a this guy's a top prospect for me at lightweight i think he's he looks really good i mentioned earlier over five rounds it might be a bit difficult for him he can change things up he's still only 23 years of age 
um, has a you know has a few very 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 good wins now on on his record. He beat Mark Casey in his last fight. Came in against Short Notice and lost to Marcin Hill, which you know there's no um, there's no shame in that. But he's beat Thibaut Guti as well now, who's a good fighter. And I like I really think this guy is he could be a top prospect in the division. But um, Chris Fishgold against against uh, Calvin Calvin Cato. This was a hard back and forth fight. Um, Fishgold ended up getting caught with a with a one two. Um, Cater, I, I did t- taught it very well to stay. It's so composed when Fishgold was kind of bringing, bringing the heat for the first four minutes of this fight. Didn't really get hit with that much, although Fishgold landed his, you know, landed his strikes in there, uh, and Cater was able able to land that one too and get the get the ground and pound finish. Tough night for uh, Chris Fishgold, but no, you know, no shame losing to guys good as Calvin Cater, is there? Yeah, it's 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 a tough it's a tough one. But as you said, it wasn't the he put up a good show before he got finished, but. <sighs> It's just a big step up. Okay, his record, the records are similar going into it. What was it, seventeen and one, and eighteen and two? But could, uh, Calvin Cotter is fighting in the UFC already for what three, four fights? Uh, even when before he fought people like Salameda and Kenny Foster, and yeah, he, he has more experience. He has more top level experience, and I think that's kind of what showed here. He just kind of toughed out the Fishgold's pressure, and and obviously got got the finish. It was the end of the first round, wasn't it? Uh yeah yeah into the first round you yeah, got a nice one too it looked kind of like maybe the back of the head or or back of the ear anyway I did, I thought it looked like back of the head but mm-hmm. when his head is moving that's a that's the yeah, illegal uh, shot it's yeah it's yeah it was if you throw it to the back of the head and the ref says something okay fair enough but when guys are moving like that it, it's really hard like if I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't be even mentioning that that as a as a asterisk or anything yeah I think it's important not to explain to people. You know, yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't be like, know. oh, but that was, you know, that was ah, like, yeah. there's a bit of an asterisk beside that fight. I wouldn't be saying that, like, yeah, you know, where somebody like hits somebody a couple of times in the back of the head, and it, it can be controversial, and people kind of kind of write it off as a as not a win. Yeah, um, that's true. But I don't that's think true. that's the case here. Yeah, good win as well for your boy Arjun Buller and uh, Scotland's own Stevie Ray. Doing good for a. Uh, it's been a been yeah, a tough enough win for Stevie Ray. Yeah, it's been yeah. a tough enough time for the UK and Ireland as well in fights. You know, a lot of losses recently. Yeah. Uh, so you know, yeah, good to right. see, uh, good to see the Celtic boys back in there uh, with a win. All right, before we get to UFC two thirty, our next topic is going to be Demetrius Johnson versus Ben Askren. We actually haven't talked about this at all. <laughs> our, our, you know, yeah, that's I, actually Ariel put that up on, on Twitter the other day, and it just seems like it is. You know, it, I've been have you have you watched Making a Murderer season two? No. I know you watched I've watched a bit, but it's very boring compared to season one. Yeah, it's not. It's it's a bit you weird. Kathleen's just so like, why why are we seeing so much of her crappy investigation? Yeah, she gets better near the end of it, near the the last couple well, of episodes. She's like, she, oh, I don't know. She's very annoying. I knew you'd be annoyed by her. Like, she's reaching at everything, isn't she? Like doing all these. Yeah, she's uh, like, oh well, this is like if we just do it exactly like this. Well, yeah, obviously, if you do it exactly in this certain way, it's going to be that that. Like, yeah, it's like this is not science. Like, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, and she keeps doing like these experiments and everything. Like. It's so, oh, it's so bad. It's it's like, this is, like she's like, oh well, that proves it. It's like that, that just proves that. It's like no, it doesn't. Yeah. It just like it's a, it's an antidote. Like it's yeah. It's watching, not proven anything. Watching the first three episodes of that season, I was like, this guy is spending the rest <laughs> of his life in jail, a hundred percent. Anyway, but you look decent. I good. think though, even if you're even if you're clearly not guilty, it's so hard because you go up to these higher courts and they have to overturn their mates their mates' yeah. decisions. Like you know, these judges are all mates and shit. Like and mm-hmm. they don't want to make the other guy look bad and there's loads of politics going on and the government and the police they don't they want to keep on their side there's a lot of non to do with just not justice related mm-hmm. things going on yeah, politics yeah but i don't how do we get into yeah, people not wanting to look bad because if if yeah but if somebody gets released 
then or where where did they go wrong? Who was at fault? And then all of a sudden, these these government guys, these police guys, are are in trouble, and you know. Every, yeah. They all look after each other. Well, you get to Brendan Nassie's court case. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I'll get that gets worse. He like he, how is he in jail? Like he should definitely be out. That was a, oh, there's, there's some ridiculous ones. It's like there's some ridiculous ones. Like even even in like have you seen West of Memphis or no? The, the, it's it's oh Jesus! Like the even even when they could prove like that they were fully innocent, like by on any reasonable doubt, they still have to take the Alfred plea, which means you're saying ah, I'm guilty, but like let me out so the government saves face and you can't Fuck you can't man. be awarded money in in civil court and stuff. Madness. It's just this this is ridiculous. Yeah, madness. Anyway. <laughs> Finn Askren versus DJ has been a long court battle, well, not a court battle, like a boardroom battle yeah. to, to ch- well, change. I suppose we can tie it in as Ben Askren's getting out of jail. Like, <laughs> he kind of is. Prison in, uh, one FC prison. And DJ's gone in there. We, we actually haven't yeah. talked about it yet. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Dana just, I don't know, Dana Han and DJ have some kind of dispute, on, ongoing dispute. and he just, The second he doesn't have the belt, he's trying to get rid of him, I think. That's what it looks like to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think DJ's sick of it all as well. He's just like, see you later. Like, yeah, I, I I talked about it with Bother the other day. We did a kind of a breaking news podcast. And we were like, this seems like this seems like the UFC are looking for a reason to get rid of Demetrius Johnson. Like the UFC could have had been asking loads of times. Like it, it's almost as I know people talk about trade, and it's you know it's a very American thing that we love trades, and you know this is a, a you know a big moment for the the sport. And it's like it's fucking not really though, is it? The UFC wanted to get rid of DJ. They needed a reason to not make him look like fucking idiots, and they found one. But Ben Askren, Ben Askren's happy to play along because he wants to come to the UFC. Demetrius Johnson's happy enough because he wants to make money because he's ever improved as well. The only one that's losing here is the fans. And I think when when you're looking at this as well, and from my point of view, when I'm talking about fights and when I'm talking about things in the sport, I I don't look at it from, you know, okay, sometimes I look at it from the fans' point of view when we're discussing, or the the fighters' point of view when we're discussing that, or the OC's point of view when we're discussing that. But when I'm discussing my point of view... the best fights. Yeah. And when you, you know, people listening to this, if you're a fan, you should be discussing it from your point of view. And your point of view, if you're like a proper MMF, and okay, if you hate Demetrius Johnson, you're a fucking idiot, but whatever. <laughs> if you're looking at a, as a, an MMF, or if you like kicked your dog one time or something. Yeah, yeah maybe, okay, that, fair, enough, okay. fair enough. I heard he goes around kicking dogs. It's not true, though. <laughs> you should want Demetrius Johnson to be in the UFC. You should want him fighting all the, the best guys in the world. And if you're mad, oh, he didn't fight TJ Dillashaw. It's like, okay. He he's not even f- in his defense, though. Like, uh, yeah, GSP exactly. didn't fight Anderson Silva, so his legacy is gone. Like. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like, he he like he wanted to build that fight. He, he didn't. It's not that he wanted to build the fight up, but he didn't want to take that fight straight away because they weren't paying him the proper money. That fight's a bigger mm-hmm. fight, you know. When TJ Dillashaw, if he let's say TJ, you know, he won the belt, goes on, defends it a couple of times, then calls Demetrius Johnson. Now it becomes a bigger fight. Like Demetrius Johnson's gone in there, it's like. Why am I taking this fight for the exact same money as I I take another fight? Like this is Dimitri Johnson's a guy who isn't an idiot. Like he's not just going to go in there and take exact. You know he's not going to take points. So surely you'll have pay per view points. He, I no. don't think he does. I think he's the one champion who doesn't actually have him. So you know. He, but he must have negotiated that in his contract. That's like you know he's probably saying maybe he's not, but this is probably what happened. He's probably saying, oh, I'm not going to worry about trying to sell pay-per-views because like, people just aren't catching on to me. I'm just going to take the guaranteed money. That's true. Then, but then you want more guaranteed money Then, then what happens is, then if you do, if you do for TJ, then you're kind of like, why would UFC give you more money when you've asked for this mm-hmm. special champion's contract without the pay-per-view points? Yeah. But the, like, I think the problem with this is, 
okay, Demetrius Johnson is at a point where, and we talk about it all the time, guys should have promote themselves and be, make themselves a star, but Demetrius Johnson is the best fight in the history of the UFC. He should be able to sit back, do nothing, and the UFC promote him and make him a star, like, or, or not a star, but, like, make him, uh, make him a big deal, like, they, and I, I know they've tried, and, I'm, you know, a lot of people say they, they haven't tried, and they, they have. I but think they, they have tried, they, they put him on, tried, yeah. like, yeah. But they, they put him on TV of, in big spots like on Fox and they yeah. they tried him on pay-per-views with, with like you know Conor McGregor under him on the card uh, for Dar- Dustin Poirier they tried like they did try they, they did okay try, they didn't they didn't throw everything behind it but they, they put they tried a little and there was no results and they, they abandoned it and I, like, <laughs> I'm glad we've gone this way because I think it's the complete wrong direction that we're looking at this and everyone has kind of looked at it this direction who's talked about oh he's not a star he's not a draw the UFC is a place where the best should fight the best, where the best fighters in the world should be. And if they're not draws, that doesn't matter. They should still be there. And I'll tell you why. Because the draws are going to be the draws, right? Conor McGregor is going to be Conor McGregor. Nate Diaz is going to be Nate Diaz, John Jones, whatever. Sometimes they're the best fighters in the world, and that's great. But sometimes the best fighters in the world are not the biggest draws. But you still need them. The UFC have like 500 people on their roster. How many of those people are draws? How many? Four? Four people. What are you going to do with the? You know that's okay. That's with let's say six fights a year or eight fights. Let's say ten fights a year. There's there's forty events a year. Like what are you going? What are you going to put the rest of them? You know, Tyron Woodley. Should should we trade Tyron Woodley? He's not just, a draw. Max Holloway is not a draw. To, yeah, there's there's barely enough to keep the pay per view schedule with with top top fights, and then you have to deal in with injuries and stuff, and it's just too many shows. It's just. But like I, I, I still think like if we're cutting guys because like, they're I not a draw. I think these guys can be. I think these guys can be like. Do, okay, they're not going to be big stars, but instead of instead of doing two hundred thousand pay per views, they can do three hundred thousand pay per views if if there's not so many shows. Yeah. But I think with the with all these shows, you are getting guaranteed money from TV networks, so it's just it, it, it makes sense to do this even if even if the shows aren't as. That's a great quality. point. That is a great point, which I don't think people have have uh, talked about. You know, as a hundred percent true. Like, if there were less shows, Demetrius Johnson would draw way more. That is a hundred percent true. I don't think people have even thought about that, to be honest. Like, and th- that's a big reason as well ah, why <laughs> they haven't. Though, but that's a big reason why the gap has has become so big between the top. You know, it's like light heavyweight draws in the UFC. You know, with the top top draws, and then everyone else draws almost nothing. And it's it's a lot to do with that. You know, and like the thing about it is, you know, we talk about this all the time. It's entertainment and it's sport. We have the entertainment side of it on lock in the UFC. You know, we have McGregor. We have the, you know, we have the, the, the Daniel Cormier, John Jones thing. We have Brock Lesnar coming back. We have all that down. I mean, you know, there's a lot of sporting aspects of that as well. But we, the sporting aspect of it is still huge. To let, uh, it's a fucking rocky road we're going down here. If the UFC are letting go. <laughs> it really is. If they're letting go of the best fighter in the world. It really, really is a rocky road we're going down. And not just that as well. You know, we talk about him being a draw. Let's let's talk about that. We talk about Dimitri Shanson being a draw. A lot of the time, what have we said about Dimitri Shanson? Why can't he be a draw? Because he's so dominant. Because he's beaten everyone so easy. It's a shit division. He's, he's fighting no one. No, no, no. But hold on, hold on. It's it's a shit division. There's no one to fight. He just fucking lost, and he now he has the biggest rematch of of his life. He's the biggest fight of his life right there in front of him, and you're you 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 get rid of him now, just when he could draw something right now. This makes mm. it's just they don't like him. I'm surprised at the timing from DJ as well though, because if you just lost for the first time in years to to, to a guy you've beaten before. You think that the thinking would be, let me get that fucking rematch as quickly as possible. Are they giving him the rematch? 
Well, I'm sure, like, what other fight makes sense for Henny Cejudo? What else can sell? I know neither, no. like, no, none of the fights are going to sell Blockbuster or anything, but that's the biggest fight you can put on in that division. Like, what, Joe Benavidez and Henny Cejudo again? Or Does the division even exist know? anymore? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's treadbare, like a lot of the divisions. Yeah. Like, I, I think we've discussed that pretty well. I think, like, the point of the point looking forward for this then is right. We've looked at it from our side of view, and I, I want, I really want to see Demetrius versus Pettis and versus Cejudo again, and you know, going up and, and facing Garbrandt or Dillashaw or Cruz again, maybe whatever. You know, I want to see all those great fights. But you've like, if you were to look at it now from Demetrius Johnson's point of view, and you know, the reason why, why he's moving out, Demetrius Johnson has really done everything he needs to do in the UFC. You know, he's the the winningest UFC champion of all time. He, you know, he's beaten everyone. He beats Cejudo in the last fight. Everybody knows it. He's beaten him before. And Anyway, so you know, it makes no difference. He's like, you can you really blame Demetrius Johnson for going and, and taking the money now at this stage if he's getting a big contract? And you know, I'm sure he is. The 1FC have got, you know, have got a lot of money pumped into him recently. Can you really blame him when he's done everything already? No, you can't. You can't blame him. But as a like, a, he's obviously a really, really competitive person. All these guys who are the best in the world at their sport, or at least even the best in the division, are all yeah. super competitive. And when you've just lost for the first time in your division, yeah. in this division. To a guy you've beaten before, you handily beat before. Mm. You, I would have thought that the thinking would be like, let me like just laser focus on getting me that rematch. But yeah. maybe he went in and got me that rematch, and they were like, here, like we're closing you know, out join, the division. Join, join the boss at the bottom of the queue there and fight some. And what a guy, and he's like, fuck this, I have yeah. this offer from one FC. See you later. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. He might regret if he if he just goes into obscurity and the UFC won't be clamoring to get him back. I don't think. Um, he could end up just kind of disappearing into being forgotten about. Yeah, like like kind of Ben Askren is, which which we'll get to. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Ben Askren, like you know, even if you trade Ben Askren, like Ben Askren's gonna sell less pay per views. Exactly. This is the most insane thing ever. I can't. Like I do not understand. Like what is the evidence to show Ben Askren's gonna sell pay per views? Second, maybe he can. Maybe because he's been away so long, he can trick the the people who haven't seen him into thinking he's got he's gonna be some great fight or something. But when they see him laying on a guy for five rounds. I don't know, like people people got angry at GSP for lying on people and he was much more active and so much more better so much more well rounded and better at MMA than, than Ben Askren. I, I can't understand this. You're getting rid of like the one of the most exciting fighters we've ever seen in MMA, the best fighter we've ever seen in MMA. And you're you're getting this wrestler who can't strike. And if he wins, if let's say Ben Askren is the best fighter he can ever be, it's going to be boring as fuck. <laughs> Probably to most people. No, I like it. I like Ben Askren. In fairness to him, he he was kind of uh, this is so long ago now, but at the end of his belt run, yeah. he was kind of he improved, li- yeah. more aggressive on the ground, like mm-hmm. he was looking for finishes and and looking for ground and pound. When in the start of his career, mm-hmm. when he was won the belt, he was kind of like you know he wouldn't even take the back of the offer; he'd just ride agree, the position yeah. and keep punching you, and he kind of be messing around, looking at the crowd and like waving his hands and mm-hmm. just kind of having fun. And he took took it more seriously, and maybe he will take this really seriously. And maybe he has made loads of improvements, and we just haven't seen him because he's been fighting. Guys, nobody's ever heard of uh, to no contests in in one FC. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the thing about it is, I, I, from my point of view and from your point of view, I'm really looking forward to seeing Ben Askren how he fights, and I, you know he has no, improved. So Don't get me wrong. I know, I know, I, I know you are. Johnson fights as well. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the, those people who are now saying Demetri Johnson's shit, he's no, he never fought anyone, he's rubbish. What are they going to be like? You know, you two fights with Ben Askren. <laughs> they're going to be the exact same for him. <laughs> two right? minutes into the Ben Askren fight. <laughs> exactly. They're going to be the exact same for him, but it, uh, it's madness. What, what do you think should be first for Ben Askren? Where do you put him in? Do you put him in top 15 and let yeah, him work his way up? 
Definitely not Wonderboy. Um, ah, how dare. Why not Wonderboy? Come on, let's get into this. Murder the guy, like, just... Who? Ben Ashton's gonna get murdered in that fight. Oh, yeah, I know, but... A lot of people don't think so. Most people, I asked, I put it out, and most people said that he'd murder Wonderboy. Wonderboy's really boring. He's just gonna take him down and, and beat him up. Yeah, Wonderboy, like, loses his razor-close decisions against Tyron Woodley and then beats Darren Hill and gets screwed, and then he's crap now all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, madness like, like Rory McDonald like yeah. Rory McDonald's actually never been the same since he took that beating I know it was Robbie Lawler as well but like he put some beating on him like and if you look what he did to Johnny Hendricks mm-hmm. like come on like I don't know what people are talking about Ben Askren's done nothing for the last what four years yeah Shoving on now as well. I like. I, I think the fight makes sense because you and you can eat your food there as I'm explaining this. <laughs> yeah, fucking, no problem. Fucking animal. What are you eating? Waffles. Oh, waffles, sausage, and steak. Oh, oh you are eating a full dinner in the middle of the fucking podcast. What are you? You're yeah. so bad. You used to give out to fucking McGann for doing this all the time, and now you're as fucking bad I'll as give it. Give it to McGrath. Yeah. Here, fuck. listen to this. <laughs> fucking wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Never liked you. Okay, I'll try to talk here for like a minute and a half and you eat all your food. Yeah. Right. I'm going to talk about my favorite subject, Wonderboy. <laughs> okay, I, do, I, I think this fight makes a lot of sense. Because you're like, Ben Askren, what have we talked about Ben Askren? Look, we, we both think he... I, I, I kind of think he'd, he'd do okay. You think he'd do shit, he'd get destroyed by by most people. A lot of people think he'd destroy everyone and he'd be the champion. You know, I talked to Bother during the week about it. He said um, he said he thinks Bother or Bother, um, Askren would be the champion. So that's kind of where we are with Ben Askren. He is Marmite like he's either going to be excellent or he's going to be terrible let's find out let's put him straight in there against the best welterweight in the world Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and let's find out if he beats Wonderboy he deserves a title shot straight away Darren Till got one after he missed weight and 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 uh, you know wasn't you know didn't have the, the best performance didn't have a dominant performance over Wonderboy you know you just said you thought he was robbed I thought you know I thought it was a close fight but I thought Wonderboy won well, as I well say Rob, but, yeah. you did you literally said he was robbed I told, I told you should have won maybe I don't I didn't mean he was robbed but like okay. it was it was it was the wrong decision but it wasn't like or one of these robberies where you're like this is ludicrous like. okay yeah but um, that's that, my whole point is right okay you can build Askren into a title shot straight off of that I th- like I think it makes absolutely perfect sense because if you put it let's say you put him in there against Masvidal right and I, like I think Masvidal would destroy Ben Askren. I really, and I don't like. Well, not that I don't like, but I don't rate Masvidal as a great fighter. I've talked about him loads of times in this podcast before. I think he's a very, very overrated fighter. But Masvidal is very good takedown defense, and he's a very, very good striker as well. Like if the, if he stops uh, Askren taking him down, that's going to be a tough, tough night for Ben Askren. And then what what happens then? You know, he's fighting Jorge Masvidal, and he's got destroyed by Jorge Masvidal, a guy who's you know, probably top 25 in the world, not a great fighter, and he made him look silly, like, at least if that happened against Wonderboy, you can, ah, oh, look, is the best welterweight in the world, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a tough one, but he'll come back, and if, if he beats Wonderboy, he's like, Jesus, he just beat the best welterweight in the world, give this man a title shot, then you can build that fight against Tyron Woodley, and, you know, to see what, what happens with it, I, like, I just think that fight is, I don't think there's any fight in the UFC that makes more sense than Wonderboy versus Askren right now, boom. Why not? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd, I'd watch it, but I, I, it just, it's just a terrible fight for building Ben Askren because people don't know who he is. People need to know who he is. They need to be introduced to him. And How do you go in there? And you put him in, in there against somebody who can't wrestle. <laughs> so you have a bit of tape on him, at least, to promote, you want promote to, him in his you, next fight. You want him to fight Conor McGregor, is it? He's going to cut that out and send it to Conor for you. <laughs> I get I get a fucking left hook across the face, uh, but yeah. Wanted a crust. <laughs> but uh, what about like yeah. a Ponzinibbio, like a Ponzinibbio, or or 
Somebody like that or uh, Donald Cerrone. A lot of people are saying um, Gunnar Nelson. That'd be good. Yeah. But Gunnar Nelson just got a fight, but yeah. 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 What about that Gunnar Nelson Don't fight? Does have a fight? What about the Usman fight? I'd like to see how that looks. I know it's not going to be an exciting fight, but Jeez, I think Usman, what happens there? I think Osman will beat him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a great fight to make either. I, th- I think, I, I really don't think you can put Askren into this kind of, you know, this this kind of purgatory area where a win does nothing for him and a loss, you know, isn't great for him either. I, I think you have to put him into an area where a win is going to be huge for him and i really do i think he's in that position now because he's you know when you're trading demetrius johnson for a guy and let's be honest that's what they did when you're trading demetrius johnson for a guy you have to put him in there in that top spot straight away i really do so i you know but i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him like i like I, i've wanted askren in the ufc for years i've hated this shit about oh he's boring and he's just gonna take guys down and make them look bad this is fucking mma you know if i've got the fight actually i've got the fight go on nick diaz oh he destroy nick diaz fuck me do you not think so? Would he though? He would, yeah. I don't know. What's he been doing for last while? <laughs> i been asking, like, what's, what's, what's he Nick, look like? I don't know. What's, yeah. what's Nick Diaz been doing? What, what's he look like? Who knows? I don't know. I just think he'd take Nick Diaz down so easily and just, just beat him up from on top. Nick like, Diaz on the ground, though. He is, but he's not good at stopping it from getting to the ground, like. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just, I, I'm just... I'm interested to see who they give Askren. Like, it's an intro... It's very interesting one. I... I don't know, maybe Robbie Lawler? Would Robbie Lawler kind of make sense? You know, Robbie Lawler's a good takedown defense as well. And if that's it in the feet, Robbie Lawler beat him Nick, up in the feet. Nick Diaz matchup is that whoever, like, okay, everybody knows who Nick, Nick not everybody knows who, a lot of people know who Nick Diaz is, but a lot of people haven't seen him fight. Mm-hmm. New fans haven't seen him fight. And whoever wins that Ben Askren Nick Diaz fight, which would be a big fight, people will be talking about it a lot. Yeah. Nick Diaz coming back after fucking 15 years of partying mm-hmm. and Ben Askren coming back from prison over in, over in Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. And whoever wins it has a bit has momentum automatically again, even though they have very little momentum at the moment. It does make sense. It does. In fairness, that that no wonder boy fight make. I think they do make the most sense. But I don't. I don't know if Nick Diaz will, will come back to fight him. He wants to fight hitters, like so. Yeah, let's see. But it, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting times ahead. What do you think about this uh, before we get to UFC two thirty? What do you think about this Gunnar Nelson? Um, who's he fighting? Call by Oliveira fight. That should be that should be a fun fight as well, shouldn't it? Yeah, I think that should be a good fight. I think Gunnar Nelson should have enough to. To win on the feet or on the ground, but mm-hmm. he can be very passive and do a lot of nothing sometimes, not get going, but Nelson and just be way too passive basically and way too unaggressive. Mm-hmm. But I suppose that's a style that worked for him for a long time, but in certain fights it's, it's cost him. Um, he's been out for a while, I think it was a knee injury, wasn't there an ankle injury? Yeah, knee injury? I think so, knee, yeah. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Um, the fight I think Gunnar should win, but it's, it's not an easy fight to come back to after a long layoff either. Like, Alex Oliveira is a tough guy, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I think it's it's, uh, it's a nice, it's, it's like it's not a top upper echelon guy, so I expect Gunnar to beat everybody outside of the kind of upper echelon. Yeah, I, I think it's a good fight because it'll f- kind of force Gunnar Nelson not to be standoffish a little bit, because Alex Oliveira will come forward and will you know he'll either try to beat him up on the feet or he'll try to take him down. You know, I think that's actually good for Gunnar Nelson. When he's forced into a fight. He's you know he's all, he's fast and slick and he hits hard and he's unbelievably slick on the ground as well. So. You know, I think it's... I'm actually not 100% sure who win. I really rate Oliveira. I think he's a really good fighter. And I, I rate Gunnar Nelson as well. I think he's really good as well. It, you know, it's a, it's a tough one. I need to watch a bit more uh, tape on it. I'm sure we'll talk about it again closer uh, to the time. But uh, as we talk about closer to the time, next week, Daniel Cormier is fighting Derek Lewis, which is kind of hard to believe. This is coming upon us so quickly. Graham, break this fight down for us. How does Daniel Cormier end up losing his UFC light heavyweight title to Derek Lewis? Well, just like four four rounds and four minutes and fifty nine seconds of complete and utter domination. Mm-hmm. Derek Lewis with his 
hands on his back and on his knees and holding his little toe and somehow rock landing where he goes to hold his little toe and he just like accidentally does a rolling thunder and knocks on your corner and clean out it's the only way I can see <laughs> I l- like, the accidental rolling thunder while trying to hold on to a sore toe like us talking about um, Derek Lewis is kind of like an Andy Kaufman thing now because it's we're like we're marking out for our own gimmick here because th- we this was a joke for ages but now it's just true it's just he's doing it all it the actually time it wasn't a joke though it wasn't a it joke it wasn't a joke no it is kind of it's a tr- it is very pro wrestling though it's like a truthful joke you know it's it's like there's, there's some truth to it but it's still funny like how does Derek Lewis keep doing this like he did it against Volkov again that was on the that was on the Habib McGregor fight wasn't it it was Jesus it's 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 very uh, imagine if he actually like trained properly and like got in condition like didn't have like a terrible back or maybe that's just part of his like learning him into thinking mm-hmm. that he's terrible I don't know what's going on with Derek Lewis who knows who knows Derek Lewis doesn't even know what he's going to do he next doesn't. He, he did a great interview with uh, Rich Eisen there uh, I think it's I don't know it's ESPN or something we'll find it on YouTube anyway and uh, he talked about like these guys are, are not like me he said he's I'm I'm a brawler like and people are not used to that and like that's a fine that's a grand style I think lots of guys don't appreciate that and they try to become like maybe these technical guys when when they're, they're not that you know if Derek Lewis's best way to win fights is go out take a load of shots and counter and hit a guy and knock him out then do that do that like be you know, yeah be <laughs> exactly yeah be uh let Daniel Cormier be your dreaded Rick Tatum like <laughs> you know let him let him take your head off for a while and encounter you know that's not very good for your health and it's probably not very good long term but if it's going to win you a UFC heavyweight title and it's got him as far as UFC heavyweight title I think he's what nine and one in his last ten or something like that it's working for him so you know keep doing it, <laughs> it <laughs> I don't I honestly I can't explain it I analyze and break down fights here every week uh, but Derek Lewis, you can't break down his fights. It's basically, this is the breakdown of Derek Lewis' fight. You look, he's probably going to get taken down here by Daniel Cormier. He's probably going to get beaten up badly on the feet by Daniel Cormier if it stays there. He's probably going to get hurt. He's, Daniel Cormier is probably going to attack his body and hurt him really bad. Like, he should finish him, really, in the first two or three rounds. He really should. But will he, though? Like, if Daniel Cormier can finish him early, and if Derek Lewis, you know, d- survives a huge onslaught and he decides, fuck this, I'm just going to throw loads of shots, and then comes back and starts pushing Daniel Cormier back a little bit, and Daniel Cormier, you know, he stuffs a takedown from Daniel Cormier, and then he starts to land a few shots, like, what's going to happen then? That And that, like, this is Derek Lewis, like, that could happen. I don't think it will. I think Car- Cormier will destroy him over two rounds, to be honest. But... Maybe he won't. Maybe Derek Lewis will come back and hit him. You know, you know, we we talk about Derek Lewis not. Maybe it's. Uh, I don't. I don't. This time I don't think so. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. But I thought that before. Like we we talked about Derek Lewis a lot, and we don't, you know, I know. But this time, seriously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's gonna happen? So tell us. I think I think Daniel Cormier is just gonna the pressure is gonna be too much for Lewis, and when Lewis is kind of holding his back or, or like hands on his knees, Daniel Cormier is just gonna, just gonna. <laughs> He's not going to fall for any of that. He's not going to think, "Oh, this guy's tired." He's, he's going to be wary of. He's going to be wary of this. Like, um, mm-hmm. I think he's just going to completely dominate him for as long as the fight lasts, and probably get a get a ground and pound knockout, a ground and pound finish. Yeah, I think he. I think he will as well. If I was to tell someone to bet on it, I'd probably say second round TK or something like that. But uh, I kind of, I kind of want Derek Lewis to win. <laughs> It'd be funny. It would be hilarious, like, being totally unbiased now, because I've been biased against Derek Lewis for ages, a lot of people would argue, but uh, it would be very funny if Derek Lewis won, like, and no no offense to Daniel Carmi or anything, but it would be, it would be quite funny. Uh, Alright, the comment event uh, is Chris Weidman versus Ronaldo Jacare Souza, a man who I once wrote an article with about and called him Silva for the whole article, but 
anyway, he's coming in here instead of uh, Luke Rockhold, who was forced to pull out with with injury. Um, this is I, this is a hard fight to break down. I think Weidman will probably win. I think he'll be able to stuff. Uh, really? Yeah. Do you not go and tell us? No, I would have picked Weidman easily a few years ago, but I won't be picking Weidman against any of the top guys after after how he looked since the Rockhold fight. Yeah, that's what he's he's come back. He's come back. He, you know, Jacare lost to, to Kelvin Gastelum in his his last fight. You know, and Weidman, you know, Weidman hasn't looked as bad. You know, he's Gastelum's up and down. No, you know, yeah, Gastelum yeah. is hard to know. Yeah, well, like Weidman came back and did beat Gastelum in his last fight as well, which is, I suppose, is to your point. But he he lost to Jacare Romero and and uh, you know, obviously that Rockall fight that you mentioned. You know, it is a tough one. You know, Jacare hasn't. You know, he's had so many injuries. Uh, recently hasn't really fought that much you know that Gastelum fight was back in in May you know he fought in January before that and it was April before that so he's only really three fights in the last kind of two and a half years uh sort, sort of an area so it's you know these I think it's actually a tough one to pick because you know we haven't seen that much of the guys recently but I just think Weidman will be able to stuff his takedowns and beat him on the feet to be honest that's that's my kind of very loose thinking about this fight how do you think Jack Ray wins it I think Jack Ray, will, I don't think he'll be able to submit Weidman. I think Weidman's uh, underrated on the ground. He's very good on the ground. And I think, obviously, Sousa is one of the best in the UFC on the ground. But I think like he can neutralize it. For, but I don't think he's, as you say, I don't think he's going to be getting takedowns at will. But I could see him getting like maybe a takedown mm-hmm. early while he's fresh. Um, maybe in the first round or early in the second round. And I think this is going to be a really, really close fight. I don't see either guy finishing either guy. But I just have a feeling that... Weidman's just never going to be the same. I know Jack Ray is old as well, and he's probably passed his, passed his best as well. But after that vicious beating he took against Rockhold, I just think he's looked... Even in that fight, he, before that, he looked terrible. And I just I just don't think... like I, I remember like Anderson said was one of my favourite fighters, and Weidman was so good coming out of that fight. I picked Weidman to win both of them fights. But that's not the same guy. That's it's complete. Like the guy that just ran through Mark Munoz, Mark Munoz landing a, a strike. Mm-hmm. That's that's that has gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good point. Yeah, we talk about it, you know we talk about it with Pettis all the time. The beating he took against uh, RDA it can happen. You know where they take vicious beatings R- and they're never. Rory McDonald. Yeah, Rory McDonald, Terry Etham as well. In, in that Barboza knockout, he was a good fighter before that, and he was never really the same after it. You know so. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a good point. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. See how he looks. You know, he looked. He didn't actually look great in that Gaston fight. And that was to your point as well that he's up and down. I, I, like it was a good win, and he, he gritted through, and that was important. But he didn't look great in that fight, and he's you know it's been a good while since since that fight as well. So it's it's interesting to see how how he looks. Um, other than that, um, David Branch versus Jared Caninia. Can Caninia? I can never say his name. That dude, anyways. Caninia. Yeah, not that's a, that should be a, a fun fight. Carl Robertson, Jack Marshman's always fun. I love watching Jack Marshman. He's a middleweight who fights like a flyweight, jumping up and down and throwing big shots. Look, it should be fun. But Derek Brunson versus Israel Adesanya. God almighty, I can't wait for that fight. That That is going to be fun. Brunson just comes out and throws big bombs, looks for takedowns inside sometimes, which I'm sure he'll be looking for a lot against Adesanya. You know, if you haven't seen Adesanya fight before, go and watch him. He's really exciting. Throws all these big high kicks, big, tough knockout blows, goes for the knockout all the time. Really technical, good kickboxer. You know, he's shown his weaknesses on the ground and with takedown defense as well, but he's also shown, shown good takedown defense as well at times. Uh, if it gets late late in the fight, you maybe fancy Brunson to get a couple of takedowns uh, late when, when Adesanya gets gets tired, but early I'd, I'd fancy Adesanya here. This is, this is a big, big moment for Adesanya here, isn't it? He's a guy who could, you know, vault himself in towards title contention in the next six months or year, but he needs to beat Brunson, isn't it? This is a big fight for him. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna win, but it's definitely not an easy an easy fight. Okay, Brunson 
you may look at his record and think he's kind of a middling fighter, but if you look at the guys that he's fought, like he beat Machida, he beat Dan Kelly, he beat Royal Hall, Sam Alvey, Ed Herman, Lorenz Larkin. Okay, his losses, Yo Romero, Robert Whitaker, Anderson Silva, and Jacare. Mm-hmm. Recent years. They're, they're like all them losses are Yo Romero is obviously a top guy. That was in 2014. Robert Whitaker is the current champ. That was in 2016. Anderson Silva is obviously one of the best fighters ever. Mm-hmm. And Jack Ray Seuss, that we just talked about him. So this is a this is a really tough fight for Adesanya, but I just think I just think he okay, he's still got a long way to go and he's very raw, but his his actual like abilities are just on a different level to Derek Brunson and Derek Brunson's experience may be the only thing that can win this fight for him. That may be enough, but especially after Adesanya's last fight, I, I picked him in that fight, but I was I was I was impressed at at how he looked in, in that fight and he was able to go along and it wasn't just when when it was a bit of adversity, he was able to come through it no problem and adapt it a little bit. Like so I think I think Adesanya he could get an early finish, but uh, if he doesn't get an early finish, I see him dominating and winning every round. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving a pick for this fight. I just want to see who wins it. I, I'm really looking forward to this, and uh, ho- you know, hopefully, it's, hopefully, it's a good fight. Um, actually, the mother and it's father, step up, though. like Brad Tavares, is an awkward fighter, but this is definitely, a, yeah, this is definitely a is. step up. Yeah, good. The mother and father of American um, mixed martial arts about on this card as well, with Daniel Carmia and your girl Roxanne Matafari on this uh, fighting, uh, <laughs> fighting, uh, yeah, fighting Sajara Eubanks, the <laughs> the incumbent UFC, the the on crown champion of the UFC 125 on Sched, Sched, schedule to fight uh, Eubanks. Yeah, yeah that is true. It's, that I think is it's a bit of threats. That is true. Uh, Jason Knight as well <laughs> against Jason Rinaldi or Jordan Rinaldi, sorry, which should be a really good fight. Always fun to watch. Uh, Jason yeah, Knight fight. Yeah. Lando Venada's on this card as well. Always fun. Ben Saunders is, is usually fun as well to watch, if it, especially if it goes to the ground. Same with Shane on Morris against Julio Arce. That's that should be a good fight. As well um yeah, watch out for rogan to pretend like rubber guard is the best thing ever if it does hit the ground <laughs> i love a bit of rubber guard uh and uh your boy so, yeah, uh, it's great to watch and all but like when's anybody submitted anybody in recent years with anything yeah. to do rubber guard nick diaz never die uh your boy uh your boy brian keller as well that was Ireland's no own. contest that was no contest he was on the he was on the the devil's cabbage <laughs> the devil's cabbage indeed your boy uh ireland's on brian <laughs> keller as well on this card which is uh which is a fun one and, and should be good. All right, let's get did into... We, did, we ever, did we ever talk about uh, Irish Sean O'Malley failing a drug test? Oh, no, actually. Or, what what, what do you think? It's bad, bad for the country, you know. We're trying to get the sport <laughs> recognised over here. <laughs> it's what, that's the only reason I want to bring that up. <laughs> that's a good joke. Move on that's a good joke. <laughs> I was actually talking to someone earlier in the week about it, just a small point. Do you know the, the way they've stopped, um, they've stopped announcing drug test failures? They're not going to do that anymore? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that's going to last. Do you know how long that's going to last? That's going to last exactly until a champion fails a test. Because what's going to happen if a champion fails a test and they go, no, I'm taking this to arbitration and they're like John Jones and they're out for 18 months and they're just going to not explain why the belt is, is not being defended for 18 months? Like, how are they going to explain that? Because that's not going to happen. Like, they're just going to say, look, you have to, you have to, we're, we're going to say this or you say it, you know, and come out and say it and we're going to strip you of the belt. You go on, you fight your thing and we'll give you a title shot straight away if you come back. Like, that's how long it's going to last. can't see what it is. They, they might... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's not going to drag on that long. They, they, they might try and hide it for a while, but if it does end up dragging on for a long time, they're going to have to do something. Even though you can just make an interim belt and nobody really cares anymore because you've devalued the belt so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nate Diaz is right in the first place. There are just fairy tales. It's a prize fight. It doesn't really matter. Like, okay, if it makes more people buy the fight, then great. But at this stage, I think... <sighs> Like who 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 would they protect? Like if they failed the drug test, like 
for 18 months. Don't know. McGregor? Do you think they would? Probably, maybe. I don't, think I so. don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But it, not, I that think that, yeah. uh, not that they're going to predict them, but like if Sean O'Malley had mentioned that now, like, I, I'm like. Lo- loads of people have just not fought and we've kind of forgotten about him and stuff and o- O'Malley might be a little bit different but like some name like a Julio Arce or something like that like, like nobody would even care if he was out for 18 months like you know no one would even notice there you go alright let's get into like, the question me, oh, he, fought, he fought like three cards ago on the fight past prelims I'd be like oh I don't remember that but yeah okay yeah, 100% let's, no. get in, <laughs> let's get into the questions here gonna, uh, yeah. if you want to sign up for Patreon patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast go to severemma.com forward slash points and you'll find us there for the price of a pint a month you You'll get about 20 to 30 to 40 extra podcasts a month, uh, which I'm sure you'll, you'll definitely enjoy. There's always at least four a week. So um, if you head over there, you get early access to this podcast as well for the price of a pint a month. Help us out. We need new stuff. We want to do new things. We want to drink pints. Way less than a pint in Dublin. Yeah, way less than a pint in Dublin. But anyway. All right, let's get into the first question here. And you can uh, WhatsApp us as well uh, over on, uh, if you if you want to uh, send us a voice message, which we're going to have from Andy Stevenson here. It's uh, Our number is plus 353-8736-44602. So that number is on our uh, our Twitter, at SevereMedPod. You can send us questions all week as well, at SevereMedPod. It's in the bio there and on the, the picture as well, so you can see it if, if you want to get that number at any stage. All right, first question here is a voice message from our, our good friend. And, uh, Andy Stevenson. What's the crack, lads? Uh, seeing as Franz Malambo and Artem Lobov both lost this weekend, uh, I believe my calculations are correct that SBG have only won one of their last ten fights uh, dating back to June. I was just wondering if there's anything to be taken away from that, or is it just a case of kind of peaks and valleys um, and just they'll, they'll bounce back and then go on another streak? Uh, but yeah, is there anything to take away from that, or any insight or knowledge from Graham from the camp? Uh, so uh, Andy, Andy asked, uh, I don't know if you could hear it there, Graham, or not, but uh, Andy asked about no. the um, SPG, and they've only won win in the last 10, and that uh, obviously Artem lost at the weekend, Franz Malamba lost as well, which we, we should definitely mention, and that the kind of gym has been on a low ebb recently. Is there anything to take away from that? And he asked your opinion about it. What, what do you think about that? Um, I, I just think... It's, it's like you know back when when Conor first went to the UFC and there was Paddy Houlihan and there was Ashing Daly and there was all these fighters kind of gone. The next generation is kind of building and it's it's been harder for them for the next generation because of all the the stuff that happened following Joe's Joe Cavallo's death and mm-hmm. how it was spent. We kind of talked about this last week on the show when we talked about Irish MMA. It's kind of stunted them a bit. Maybe if there's no standout guy, but maybe if if things had been different, somebody else might be a further on in their career or. You know, there's there's no there's there's no real substitute for an actual fight. Like you can do all the sparring in the gym and all the positional work and all the whatever you want in the gym, but I think the feelings, the emotions, all that stuff, the the way everything together is just so so different. And these guys are missing out on on how on this as regular as they would have had it if if things had been different, if things were how they were like three or four years ago or two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there might be a bit of a continuance of this a continuation of this kind of bad like not winning that many Irish guys not winning that many fights in the UFC for a while until this new generation of fighters are are ready and maybe maybe they'll never be ready because maybe this was just a golden generation and like people like Paddy Hulan and and uh Carl Pendred and these uh these other guys Siri even Reds are mm-hmm. they're, they're all kind of 
there's this big gap basically these are all kind of 30 30 30 year olds now they're kind of when we first started coming they're all 22 23 kind of coming through and then you have these younger guys who are just getting 22 and 23 but their their growth in the sport has been stunted by the last couple of years in on the Irish MMA scene so I don't I don't see like oh once this guy gets into the UFC then like you know they're always they're always used to be a guy that you were like an Irish guy you were like oh I'd love to see him in the UFC how would he do Maybe James Gallagher is probably the highest on that, but he's just coming off a loss now as well. So, um, the UFC aren't going to be after after him for a while, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I see it continuing. Yeah. I think I think the biggest issue is Conor McGregor giving people unrealistic expectations about what fighters can be, and not, and I'm not saying the fighters themselves. I'm and not just fans. Conor McGregor though. It's the, that kind of golden period where. Around UC Dublin, where all them guys were signed, that's just that was just people didn't appreciate how like what if we did appreciate it? We were like, wow, mm-hmm. like remember talking to people about like this is never going to happen again. Even we were talking about that around the time. Yeah, I don't think most people they were new to MMA or they were they knew a little bit of MMA, but this is the first time they really jumped on the bandwagon properly. That's one hundred percent. Yeah, and they thought this is going to this is like oh who's the next guy? Like who's the next guy? And like everybody's guilty of it. Like when you see guys do really well in the fight, like you know even the amount of Paul Hughes went in there against Adam Gustav and he looks really good in his first profile. And people are like, oh, I'll get this guy to the UFC. It's like, relax, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't, like, I know, like, it's exciting. It's, it's, it is exciting to see these guys, like, when you see them for amateur and you see them progressing and then all of a sudden they make this big pro splash and it's great and all, but, you know, people calling for Joe McCoggan and Reese McKee a couple of fights ago to be in the UFC. There's no rush. And if you do rush these guys in, it's, it's, it's going to be bad. Like, yeah. bad for their careers. They're going to lose and, they're going to lose fights that maybe if they had a couple more years to to mature and get better in, in their MMA skills and their mentality and just dealing with pressure and all that, maybe they can beat those guys. But I don't think these guys are quite ready yet. There's nobody who I'm like, you need to get them into the UFC now. Even like Carl Moore was kind of on the cusp of things, but he kind of, he lost and maybe he needed to lose to kind of rededicate himself and maybe he will rededicate himself and turn up to the gym more when he's not, when he's not in camp. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe he'll just, maybe he won't. Mm-hmm. But if he had went to the UFC... It would have been too early. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, a, it's definitely an interesting one. But like, I really think just a final point to this, like Conor, Conor McGregor. Think about it in the world of MMA. We've never seen a fighter like Conor McGregor before who who drew as much as as big as him. We're you know it's, it's unlikely we'll ever see someone who's as big as him ever again. Pay per views and like, is that going to be ever done again with somebody and, who's not Conor McGregor? Yeah, yeah, and that's worldwide MMA. And we're talking about Ireland, like. It's this is it's unrealistic to think we'll ever have anyone even close to good uh, as he ever is. Now I hope we do, and I hope all these guys you know become huge pay per view draws. But it's very unlikely, you know. I remember people were saying about somebody was well, I can't remember if they were giving out or they're just saying it. I was like, wow, the series so serious or whatever. But I remember hearing that Siri was was saying to guys in the gym that were coming down to Team Rhino uh, around the kind of McGregor boom period, and he was like taking them aside and being like. You're never going to be the next Conor McGregor. There is no next Conor McGregor. Do you still want to train? If you do, we'll fucking help you. If, you. if you if you think you're going to be next Conor McGregor, you're here to impress your friends. You fucking fuck off. Hundred percent. Yeah, he did. A, he, <laughs> and he he's did, a harsh cunt theory, but like, yeah, he's dead true. right. He did a great interview. He did a great interview with, with Andrew for Severe that time. I think it was over in Holland or somewhere where he talked about that, and it was really, really good. Like. You know, series a great man for that. You know, it's a hundred percent very unlikely to ever be. You know, ever. Tell us what you're reading. Series, yeah. Like that again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was uh, that. Maybe that's the. Uh, if someone wants to send in a fifteen, uh, fifteen minute, twenty dollar uh, Patreon thing, we'll do a fifteen, uh, fifteen minute podcast on that. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, from Pete here over on uh, WhatsApp as well. But Ring Ross, an obvious factor in Connor's last fight. It's clear he needs time. He needs a tune up fighter too. How would you like to see him fight next before taking time off? Uh, 
off the throne of Habib late, ne- late next year. For me, it's Aldo 155, then Tony no. followed by Habib. What a comeback that would be. You don't like the Aldo 55 now? No, no. Um, if you want to give him a tune-up, who do you give him? I don't think Conor's going to take a tune-up. I think he's like he's on pay-per-view points. He's going to try and fight the biggest pay-per-view fight that he can. And if, if the Habib one is the biggest, and if, if Habib doesn't want to do it, then Nate Diaz is the second biggest, or GSP is kind of slightly it's not off the table but it's slightly further away it's less appealing i'd say now to the, to the brass to the endeavor brass what did you uh what uh, do you think of his um his instagram message where he broke down the fight earlier in the year you know he kind of talked about taking if Habib wasn't next he'd, he'd take the next contender coming up yeah I, I think though the next contender would be <laughs> yeah the next contender would be tony ferguson but i, I don't know I think if Habib's not going to fight Conor next, then Habib's going to fight Tony. So mm-hmm. who who else is it? Is it, is it then? Barboza, is it, Pettis, Kevin Lee. They, they're not going to sell Gaethje. though, are they? No. Gaethje fight would be spectacular, but mm-hmm. I think Conor's not looking to he's looking to sell more pay-per-views again. He's not looking to sell less. Uh, well, there's only one name there that, that if he wants to fight at 55, so that makes sense. Nate, Nate Diaz. Or Nate Habib. Diaz. Nate Diaz, yeah. Nate Diaz or Habib, but I think the Habib fight makes way too much sense not to do it next. But yeah, I agree. I think that'll be next. The other part from his uh, thing, before we get to the, the other few questions, I want to read this bit from it and let, let's see what we think about this. Um, listen to nobody but yourself on your skill set. You are the master of your own universe. I am the master of this. I must take my own advice. That's that's yeah. a very very odd thing to say. Like if I was Conor McGregor's coach reading that, I'd be thinking like. When well, you can read it that way, you could read yeah. it like uh, I worry too much about Habib's skill set and what people are saying about it, his grappling. And in the past, Conor never worried. You know, it was always like nameless, faceless. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to worry about what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, maybe it's that people were talking about Habib for so many years and his style being like kryptonite for Conor and all this stuff. And maybe Conor got that into his head that yeah, I need to I need to prepare for this guy differently than than just worrying about what I'm doing like I always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one though because John Kavanaugh had come out and kind of said it on on the JRE and with Ariel as well that you know a lot of the the, prepar- the way he prepared McGregor was about Habib and being too, def- too defensive and he said that that you know if he was to do it again he wouldn't you know set out the camp to be as defensive as it was. I know when McGregor comes out and says that after Kavanaugh said that you know I, they've obviously been kind of unbreakable for for years and stuff, but maybe, I don't know. Is that the first time? I'd be surprised they weren't. Maybe they were on the phone to each other afterwards, and or in a, sitting together afterwards, and they were like, "This is what went wrong," and they're both just that's just the different ways that they express. Yeah. It's hard to know, but I, I don't think Connor would intentionally kind of badmouth John Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. uh, especially publicly. Yeah, like, interesting. He, interesting. I don't. If he was going, if he was going to badmouth him, I think he'd come out and say it directly. He wouldn't be kind of hide it behind the. A kind of cryptic message and I, I don't think he would as well because that's kind of been the McGregor brand for ages being like loyal and you know never you know never yeah, but he's not afraid to criticise somebody if, yeah. he, if, he, if he wants to criticise somebody yeah, and you know, if he maybe, wanted to say yeah. my, he could have put like myself and my coaches got this one wrong but he didn't you know mm-hmm. it's hard to know what he means by, by it exactly but I, I think if he wanted to say this is your fault John he would have said that but I don't think that's what he's saying yeah 100% alright Sean Dini, um will there be an official Severe May party to celebrate the end of the UFC on Fox Deal? God I can't wait for it to be over I, oh, <laughs> please ESPN do not imply Karen Bryant she's the worst oh god, oh god she's so awful 
Please just get get Ariel to do it. Get anyone. Get Brad Amo to do it. Like a a, a, a video printer to sit in her chair and said, "We can just read it." So awful. awful. (laughs) Can we just get the video printer that she's reading off? Off the like. Yeah. Put it up up on screen. Yeah. Put it up on screen. Uh, Dot and Stickney, who would you like in Widen yeah, versus shit Jacare? Talk, shit talker app. Shit talker app. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Widen versus Jacare. I like Widen. Uh, Graham likes Jacare. Dara Kelly, can you discuss any possible conflict of interest that DJ moving to one championship and continuing to work with Matt Hume? Uh, we, myself and Bonner talked about this. I, I, Matt Hume isn't... Uh, I think he's with uh, Malky Kawa now, so Matt Hume isn't his manager anymore it's just his uh his coach and i know matt hume works for one fc as well but i don't i don't think that's a major conflict of interest to be honest um maybe no. a little bit but yeah no I, I don't think so really to be honest um but yeah that's it i'll answer of interest in MMA are just kinda like <laughs> part of the game or... hand in hand hand in hand 100 percent um uh, last thing as well from from thomas delaney here and i'll answer the rest of his uh, some q a questions i'll answer him on the q a over on patreon uh his question here was how much damage would uh, 195 pound division do to 185 and 205 i think i think it'd be terrible because there isn't enough um there isn't enough strength and depth in those divisions, so that's why I think 165 or 163 or whatever the light welterweight division would be good because there's so much in welterweight and in in lightweight as well that you could put a division there. But putting a, a, um, a cruiserweight division would be would be terrible. There just isn't enough talent there at all. So yeah, yeah we were talking about the light heavyweight division earlier. <laughs> like, and if you start making that even thinner, good luck with that. Like, 100%. all right. That's it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm rushing away to Man United match, so I'm going to wrap this up pretty quickly. Graham, thanks for, for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. We'll be back uh, next week, and here is your inspirational... I'll talk, talk some football first. No, 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 we're going, going away. Football, we're going away. Uh, <laughs> inspirational quote of the week. In the depths of winter, find the summer within you. We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday, probably Sunday, though.